Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, where we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas. Also, Sherry Kennedy will be stopping by with Cruise News in just a couple of seconds. Before we get to Sherry, a big thank you to you. Cruise Radio had a record download month in May of 2017, where our numbers were like through the roof. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show and being here for over 400 episodes week after week. It means so much. So thank you for that. Also, come and kick around the cruise conversation on our Cruise Radio News Facebook group, Cruise Radio News. Just search that in Facebook. All right. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line is going the route of an easy pay program where they're doing like this flex pay thing for when you book a cruise. How does this differ from just booking a cruise and paying it off yourself? It's kind of a mindset game, sort of uh, QVC-like is how I refer to it. Um, the cruiser will make the deposit with one credit card or a you know, debit card. And then for the next three consecutive months on the same day with the same card, the payments are calculated into quarters and it's paid off by the end of the fourth month. And the difference, I guess it keeps some people maybe more disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, and they, and they know, well, this will be paid for in four months, even though I'm not going for a year and a half, it'll be nice to just get it out of the way and it's done. So I think, um, you know, it's for people that really cannot make the, the commitment on their own to do the deposits. Oh, I'll pay a little bit this week and some next week. And, you know, it's, it's up to final payment and they still owe, you know, a huge chunk of change on their cruise. So I kind of like the idea. It, it's, you know, it's new, but I guess it's kind of old. It goes back to what you say about discipline. I like the idea because I book so many cruises so far in advance with reduced deposits. I've, I've gotten in trouble where I've almost missed final payment on a couple of occasions. The, the guest does have the option to cancel it if they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go online to um, on the Carnival website to their, uh, their account, and they can change the credit card that they want to use. But... Um, you have to physically do that yourself. You can't just call up and have someone do that according to the rules that I read. So it's, you know, you just, if you get in your mind that I'm going to pay this off in four months, it's done, boom, it's a great idea. Does this easy pay program work with travel agents? Because I always use a travel agent to book mine. Absolutely. Travel agents can go online into the travel agent dedicated website and they can sign up to get the clients to uh, work with easy pay. So, cool. yes. The world's largest cruise ship just completed a major milestone. What did we see? Well, Symphony of the Seas is one step closer to completion, which is scheduled for April of 18. Um, The exterior was completed, the symphony was floated out of her dry dock, and now they're going to work on the interior construction. Um, And when the ship uh, does debut next summer, uh, she's going to cruise the Med, which is kind of traditional now, isn't it? I mean, new ships, they do the Med the first season. And then uh, in the fall, she'll cross over to Miami and begin seven-night alternating Eastern and Western Caribbean itineraries. Remember when all these ships were just thoughts? It was amazing. It was. It was just, uh, who would think? Yeah. How old is the Oasis now? Uh, God, 2009, 2001. right? Wow. It's yeah. amazing. Another dry dock, Princess Cruises. Pacific Princess just got out. What kind of enhancements did we see there? Yeah, she just came into Fort Lauderdale last week. Oh, you know, they've done more contemporary colors and 
textures and patterns of all the soft goods, but mainly it was to modernize the atrium. And there were a lot of um, renovations with the dining rooms, the Sterling Steakhouse, Sabatini's, the main dining room, and the Panorama Buffet. They've all been upgraded with new soft goods, new furniture, carpeting and all that. And, and now the, uh, the buffet will also open up to an outdoor alfresco dining area. The Pacific Princess has 700 new princess luxury beds and plush linens have been added. And, uh, that, you know, people want to sleep well on a cruise. They don't want the old sheets and the squishy beds. This is one of their smaller ships, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is their little baby. Norwegian Cruise Line is known for their popular promotion, Free at Sea, where guests can pick one, two, three, four, or five things whenever they're booking a cruise with them. But that is about to change for folks who are staying in the Haven, which is their ship within a ship. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The Haven guests were entitled, as you said, to all the free at sea perks, which included the unlimited beverage package and also the uh, dining package for the specialty restaurants, all of which were free. And now, even though they're still paying a hefty premium to be in the Haven, they're going to start paying an 18% gratuity for both the dining and drink packages. It sounds like before everything was included in one price, but now they're moving away from that and you're having to pay the extra for the food and dining. Is that correct? You do. And I think it's probably based on the amount of days of the sailing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the longer the trip, the higher the gratuities are going to be. And, you know, if you kind of think about it, um, I can see from the Haven's point of view, the guests there wouldn't want to have to pay anything additional. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, the non-Haven guests, we're sort of footing the bill for the Haven guests, if you want to look at it that way. One would think it would be easier just to bump the price up a little bit and not have to charge the guest extra. Yeah, it's, it makes so much more sense just to uh, include that, bump up the price yeah. of the packages. Last but not least, Queen Victoria, which is a Cunard line ship, just underwent a massive renovation. Well, with $40 million, there were a lot of enhancements. The Athleto Sun Deck to start with, uh, they've extended the lounge space. They've added new, what do you want to call them, like a, like a canopy for mm-hmm. shade. Uh, so there's more room uh, for people that don't want to get the sun. Uh, they have more alfresco dining in the shade now. And they also have full beverage service will be added throughout the day and into the evening. And they're going to have live entertainment outside. So it'll be a nice place to relax, watch the sunset, you know, that kind of thing on Queen Victoria. Then the Winter Garden, which is uh, located on Deck 9, is sort of in the middle of the ship, and it's the place to mix and mingle and just relax. It's it's not a heavily used area that much, but they put in uh, new furnishings and and floor-to-ceiling windows, so they've upgraded that to make it just a little bit more relaxing. Just off the lobby, they've added what they call the chart room, which is a really popular place on Queen Mary, too, so, um, but in this, by day, it's going to have coffee, Godiva chocolate, and light snacks, and then at night, it'll become a cocktail lounge like it is on Queen Mary, too. So, it's a nice addition to have the chart room. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. You can find her there. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. See you next week. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? 
Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. James and his wife just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas. James joins us on the line. Hey, James. Good evening, Doug. How you doing tonight? Good, man. It's been a little while since we chatted here. Excited to hear about this seven-night Western on Liberty. So before we get to the ship itself, because y'all want to hear all about it, give us some of your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this uh, cruise on Liberty? Our picking your cruise is probably more based on schedule than anything else. Um, we don't do a lot of uh, things or go see a lot of the ports while we're there. We just like being on the ship and enjoying it. So... Really, what we do is just look for a good time to get away and then find a good fare. And, you know, going out of Galveston, Royal Caribbean only has really just a couple of options for itineraries. So mm-hmm. we've been to all those ports numerous times. It's just a time to get away and have fun. Do you mostly cruise out of Galveston or do you do other ports as well, like New Orleans? So far, we've done everything out of Galveston, except, of course, one year we did Alaska we out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And we're booked this fall out of uh, Baltimore doing a Canada and New England in October. So awesome. that'll be our second flying experience to get to a cruise. Nice. All right. Well, uh, you make your way from, you said you're between like Dallas and Austin and you get down to Galveston. You said it's almost like a four, four and a half hour drive. Did you drive day of? We always drive in the day before. Uh, spend the night, have a nice dinner that evening, sleep in the next morning, so we're not rushed. Cool. And then you make your way to the cruise terminal to embark Liberty. How was that embarkation process for you? It was pretty average for Galveston. Uh, The ship was late getting in that morning because of high seas. They couldn't get the pilot on board. And then because they couldn't get pilots on board, they closed the port for a while. So it was a couple of hours late getting in, but Royal Caribbean did a great job of keeping us up to date with texts and emails and Finally, mid to late morning, we got a note that said, you know, arrive at the terminal after 2.30. Mm-hmm. So uh, we pulled up just a few minutes before 2.30 and dropped our bags off and went and parked and caught the shuttle back to the terminal. And once we actually got to the terminal, it was about an hour from the time we walked to the door and we were on the ship. So that's pretty average for, for Galveston. Have you sailed Liberty before? Not Liberty, no. We've done uh, Royal Caribbean out of Galveston several times because our first time on that ship. Cool. What were your first impressions once you crossed the gangway and stepped onto the ship? You know, it's not like some ships when you walk on, you know, maybe you're in the atrium or something like that. It's really beautiful. I think, I'm pretty sure we, we ended it on deck four and it was kind of like a, a deck below the Royal Promenade. So when you walked in, there was really just the doors to the dining room on your left and 
there was one of the lounges on your right, and you go up the stairs to get to the promenade. So it wasn't like it was a really special view, but the ship looked very nice. It was in great shape since it was, you know, now about 3.30, we figured our stateroom was ready. So we just went straight upstairs and dropped off our carry-ons before we explored the ship. Cool. And what kind of stateroom did you book this time? We did an interior. We've done interior every time except one. And it's funny, we were, we were talking about it with our dining room companions one night. And uh, one couple said, you know, they always do balconies. They love balconies. And we said, you know, we thought about it and we'd rather do, you know, two cruises a year in an inside cabin mm-hmm. than one on a balcony. So totally. been, it's great. You get in there and you close the door and you have no idea whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> when you wake up. <laughs> that, that's the best part of it for sure. Uh, how, how about space? How was the inside space there on your cabin? Very standard interior cabin, regardless of which cruise line you're on. Uh, you know, plenty of hanging space for hanging clothes up in the closet. Plenty of hangers there available. You know, we always seem to run a little short on drawer space, especially on a seven-night cruise. But, uh, you know, we found a place for everything and got it stashed out of the way. And so it worked out just fine. It's a, it a very nice room. And what you really mean is your wife runs short on drawer space. <laughs> no, I think it's about half and half. Really? <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wind up hiding stuff in the closet and the shelves right. and everything like that, trying to make it all fit. So. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So let's talk about the dining on board this seven-night cruise. Of course, Liberty of the Seas has about a dozen or so restaurants on it. So did you do any specialty on this one? The only one we did one day, we had lunch at uh, Johnny Rockets, okay. and, and that was fun. It was about I think it was about $7 for the charge. Of course, it was all the fries, onion rings you could eat. We each had a hamburger, had a milkshake. Now, that was extra, but but it was a good meal, a fun meal, uh, you know, certainly better than the hamburgers down the buffet. And we just had a nice time one day listening to music. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And how about the Windjammer Buffet? How was that for you? You know, breakfast was pretty much standard along cruise lines. You know, I'm a I'm a made-to-order omelet person, and mm-hmm. so as long as they do that, I'm going to be happy for breakfast. Found a really neat thing, and I think it maybe existed on some other ships, but I don't know if it was disorganized. As soon as you walked into the Windjammer on, along the inside walls, there was a place called uh, Jade Sushi and Asian, okay. and it was really kind of their international food area. And for lunch especially, it was really good. Every day they would have some type of rice, maybe fried, maybe saffron, something else. And then there'd be six or eight different dishes, you know, meats and vegetarian dishes. And, and they were really good. I, mean, I tried as many of them as possible. Some of them I didn't like to taste of, but mm-hmm. I'm sure they were all good. And it was just a really nice uh, variety to the typical lunch buffet, I guess, for lack of a better word. Okay, very nice. And uh, talk to us about the main dining room. We did the late seating. We always choose late seating, and, and that's always worked out great for us. Had the best table we've ever had. It took us over to seat us the first night, and, and one of the chairs backed up to the window, and it was still light as we were leaving Galveston, so we could watch the water go by. It was a great table. Had wonderful dining companions. Uh, one couple, they were diamond level, uh, and one couple was on their first cruise, and we were kind of in the middle, so... We had some great conversations. The food was good, you know, very nice, as much of it as you were interested in. And I noticed this time on Royal Caribbean, maybe different from others, when they'd come to take our order, occasionally he'd say, well, this is not on the menu or this is not available or something like that. Or maybe we'd order and then he'd come back and say, oh, well, that's not available. 
but then a lot of the times they wind up bringing it and delivering it anyway. So I was, I was kind of confused about how that worked. I'd never run across that many times on rural Caribbean being told they didn't have something. Yeah. Uh, but, but everything we had was very good. The only thing I really, of the six of us at our table, the only experience that anybody had that they weren't really happy with was four or five nights. They would crank up the music on the PA system and, you know, march around and do different announcements and things. And just after a while, the word at our table was kind of obnoxious. They did it almost every night. When they did it, it lasted way too long, and the music was way too loud. Our table would just have to stop talking because it was so loud. And so that would be a great thing. You know, in years past, I know they've lined up on the steps maybe the last night, and the wait staff has sung, and that's been great. But mm-hmm. but, but maybe not four or five nights, and especially not that loud. <laughs> What did you think about the entertainment on this seven-night sailing? We went to two shows. We uh, went to one show we'd seen before on Royal Caribbean. It was, I can't remember the name exactly. It had to do with three Motown divas or something like that. And it was three singers that were very, very good. And they did everything from like the Supremes to Whitney Houston. And, and it was just a great show. Lots of energy. Ended up with Tina Turner singing Proud Mary. It was a really good show. And like I said, this was at least the second time we've seen it, and I'd go back and see it again. It was really good. And then the last night, we went and saw Saturday Night Fever. I'd never experienced a show like that on a cruise ship. It was about, I think it was about 80 minutes, they said, but it was kind of like a little mini musical, and it was real well done. The singers and dancers were good, and the story moved right along, and and you could follow it, and it was it was really interesting. It's very different from the okay, you know, this person's going to come out and do this act, and, and this person's going to come out and do this act. To see almost kind of like a, like I said, kind of like a shortened Broadway musical, and I'm really looking forward now to seeing other shows like that on Royal Caribbean as well. Awesome! Did you get a chance to catch any of the comedians? We didn't. We didn't do the comedy shows. We did some of the uh, lounge club bar acts. Mm-hmm. I think there were about four of them all together, and. There was a Latin band. I want to say they were called Latin Express, and they were good. They were fun to listen to, very high energy. There was a classical guitarist from Poland who was hmm. who was very good. He was a very good guitarist, and he has done some arrangements of songs he played, and they were good arrangements. He's written some songs, and they were good arrangements. The only thing we could find was that after about the third night, it was like we'd heard everything he played, because <laughs> yeah. every time we'd go sit and listen to him, we'd play Malaguena. He'd play classical gas. He'd play, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know? <laughs> and so after about the third or fourth night, it was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we want to go back or not, because he seemed to have heard everything over and over again. He was really good at what he did. And in fact, it was interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I heard one of your reviewers talking about a Royal Caribbean ship, and that was the exact same comment they made, hmm. was that the lounge acts were really good. They just didn't have many songs to play. Right. So let's move on to the sea days then. How were how were the sea days? I mean, this is a pretty big cruise ship for crowds and congestion. It was very, very well organized. Now we were, you know, we were kind of in between spring break and the end of the school year and, and there were a fair number of junior high, high school, elementary age kids on the ship, but but we never ran across anywhere that was real crowded, you know, there was no no, if you'd walk out of the main theater after the show and want an elevator going up, you'd have to wait a while. But but it had a great flow to it, and and uh, you talked about the size of it, and, and we both remarked that, that that may have been the smoothest sailing we'd ever been on. 
not sure if we got lucky because of the weather, if it was just because of the size of the ship or, or what, but you just almost never felt the ship moving. And that was, that was really, really unique. <laughs> yeah. On the seven night sailing, what ports did you hit and uh, which one was your favorite? We did uh, Roatan in Honduras, Belize City in Belize, and Cozumel. You know, probably Roatan. We don't go do shore excursions and everything. We'll get off the ship and kind of roam around and see what's in the area. And so we had a good time walking around and looking there and listening to local music and sitting in the shade and watching people. And, and it was uh, it was amazing how many people were sitting there on their phones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had this beautiful view out in front of them. They were sitting curled up with their phone. But uh, but it was fun. It was pretty. The weather was beautiful. There was a zip line that runs across the little bay right where the ship's dock, uh, running from basically the end of the shops across the bay to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I was ever a zip liner, that's probably the one I'd do because I think it was a beautiful view right over the water, look at the ship. But uh, it's just a very pretty place, just beautiful. Did y'all do anything in Cozumel? No, just off the ship, roamed around a little bit. I hear you. It was, it was beginning to get pretty hot and humid, and so we got off early and kind of did our looking around. We were docked next to Allure of the Seas, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a big cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was standing there next to us, and they said, boy, it makes our little ship look like a baby, you know? <laughs> so we got to look around and see who else was docked in port, and and roamed around the shopping area a little bit, and then headed on back to the ship. It's funny, whenever I was, I missed you like by a day in Cozumel, and I was on Carnival Vista, and Carnival Fantasy, which is the oldest ship in the Carnival fleet, docked next to us, and it was just funny, it looked like a micro-machine next to Carnival Vista. There's a great webcam that I look at from Cozumel that shows the pier where Royal Caribbean docks and the pier where Cozumel docks. Mm-hmm. And one day, Allure Oasis or something was docked furthest away from the city, and there was like maybe Grandy or the Seas or something like that. It was, it was a much, much smaller ship in front of it, and it just, it just dwarfed it. It made it look like the ship was twice the size. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you could, you could you could drop that ship inside of Allure and still oh, have room. You probably you know? could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you make your way back to uh, Galveston. How was the disembarkation for you? It was a little slower than normal. Uh, you know, we got in right on time and they started calling the self-assist people right around 8 o'clock like they always do. And then they called. Now, we were, I should say we were group 36 out of, I think, 40. And so they called about the first eight groups, and then they didn't call anybody for a while. And then they came over to PA and said the uh, disembarkation had been slightly delayed or something. And then about 10, 15, 10, 20, I guess, they called maybe up through groups 23. And we were walking down the hall looking for a restroom. And one of the ship's crew asked us, could they help us? And we said, well, we're looking for the restroom, and then we're going to go down to our designated disembarkation lounge and they said oh well you can go ahead and get off the ship now oh. and we said oh well, they they're calling all the numbers and they said yeah what number are you and we said 36 and they said yeah i bet your bags are there that's fine yep. so we went ahead and got off the ship and started down and and they've recently remodeled that terminal in galveston that royal caribbean uses and occasionally carnival uses and it didn't seem to flow traffic didn't seem to flow near as well as it used to Ultimately, what we wound up doing was you got in a line to get your bags, and then you went and got in a line to go get in a second line to go get in a third line before you cleared customs. 
and used to you just pick up your bag, go get in the line and go to customs. So I'm not sure what the delay was that morning, but it was about an hour and a half from the time we stepped off the ship until we were actually in the parking lot. Ouch. Put the bags in the car, and that's that's longer than normal. I don't know what the hang-up was, but it just didn't seem to work very well because once we got the ship to to claim our bags, it looked like you know two thirds of the ship was still in line trying to get through customs. You mentioned a shuttle uh, whenever you were embarking. Did you do like an offsite parking mm-hmm. lot? We did the uh, city of Galveston, and, okay. and what you do there is pull up to the terminal and drop off your checked bags, and then you go drive. I don't know how far it is, maybe a half a mile, three quarters of a mile down the road to the city parking lot and there's shuttle vans that bring you back to the cruise terminal. And that actually worked real well this time. We got out of the car and probably took 10 steps and there's a shuttle van waiting for us. So it was very fast and easy. Cool. Um, Any first time tips you have for anyone sailing Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston? Yeah. And I can't remember if I've got the right name or not, but they recently, within the last, I think, six or eight months, added what they call a boomerang water slide on the back of the ship mm-hmm. called the tidal wave. And I'm not a water person. I don't even usually take a bathing suit on a cruise, but I took one specifically for this water slide and it was fun. So I don't know if you've seen it. It, it kind of looks like a question mark laying down on its back, mm-hmm. you know, and you, and you slide down the kind of straight part and then it drops off into the curvy part and it curves back up the other side. And then you slide backwards back into a kind of a little holding area where you get out of the raft. And, and it was fun. I mean, it was, we had a ball. And, and if you take my wife and I, our ages add up to 126. Okay. And we had a ball on it. We rode it five or six times one afternoon. And this was a, this was a sea day at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And it was never more than about eight or 10 people waiting to ride it. And sometimes there was nobody. Sometimes we'd come down on the raft and we'd get out of the pool and, and there was nobody waiting for our raft. And if we wanted to go again, we'd just pick up the raft and go get right back in line and ride it again. So that was a lot of fun. I, I don't think I would ever do the flow rider on the back of the ship. Uh-huh. And I tried the water slides and they were okay. But but that, that tidal wave was really fun. And then I'm not a big coffee drinker. But uh, my wife likes, you know, Starbucksy type coffee. And so before we left on the cruise planner, you could buy what they called a Cafe Select coffee card. Mm-hmm. And it was for 15 specialty coffees of whatever size you wanted. And uh, I know she used it in the main dining room. I know she used it at the Cafe Promenade for, you know, frappuccinos and macchiatos and stuff like that. And, and it seemed to reduce the cost of the coffee, I think, at least in half. And mm. uh, she said the price on the ship was about $5, especially in Cafe Promenade. And, and I paid with gratuity like $36 for 15 cups. So that was, I thought that was a great yeah. deal if you drink that kind of coffee. So I, I got to tell you, James, I, I've interviewed over a thousand people and I have never had one person tell me that they're, if you combine my wife and I's age, we're 120 <laughs> years old. That's awesome. Well, you know, they almost wouldn't let us on the slide because we didn't have the minimum three visible tattoos. <laughs> 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 I mean, we were we were way out of our league when it came to age riding that slide. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so let's see here. Looking back over this seven night cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Like I said, kind of at the beginning, I think we take it, we take it just to to get away and relax. And I can spend just hours watching the water, and it was good weather. You know, a lot of opportunity to do this. 
I mentioned our, our table at dinner, and, and it was probably not only was it the, the nicest location, it was right by a window, but we just had two really great couples. One was uh, from an area up around Dallas, and one was first-time cruisers out of uh, Southern California. And for some reason, we just clicked with those people, and we just sit there and talk and visit. And, and quite often, we were one of the last tables out of the dining room at night. And, and it was really, really just fun to sit and have a good time. And we would share information with the first-time cruisers about what we found was helpful. And we'd have lots of conversations that had nothing to do with cruising. Nice. And I think that was that was really cool. That and the water slide. I, mean, I was I was thrilled with the water slide, but it was it was nice just to have a good group of people sitting visit with. Well, in closing here, James, give me your final thoughts of Liberty. You know, I had a great time on her. My guess is, looking at that ship, it's probably geared more toward families with you know elementary, junior, high, high school age kids. Uh, if you look across the top deck, there's a lot of stuff for kids to do, but it was not it was not overcrowded with kids while we were out. Like I said, we were in between you know, spring break and, and summertime in the school, so that was probably a good time for it, but it was a great trip. It was, uh, like I said, it, was, it may have been the smoothest cruise ship we were ever on, and that may have just been lucky because of the water, but just overall, it was a great experience. I'd book it again in a heartbeat. We've been talking with James. Him and his wife just returned from a seven-night sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston, Texas. James, good talking to you, my friend, and uh, keep in touch after that cruise in Baltimore you do. I'll keep you up to date, Doug. Thanks so much. You have a good evening. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.